Ready graphics? Ready theme? I'm Jesse Mullins. And I'm Lauren Milberger. And this is FYI, the Murphy Brown Podcast. Previously on the Murphy Brown Podcast. Yes, we are um, marginally excited about this news. <laughs> and on today's episode, Revival Talk. Hello, Jesse. Hey, Lauren. So today we're not in the past. We are well. Weirdly, we are though. We are yes. both in the present, the most we, recent past, and a slightly less recent past. But still, this is actually kind of a a revisiting again for us. So, one foot in the past and one foot in the present. Yes. Well, you know, technically, all events are by definition in the past. Hi, I'm in grad school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is our first episode uh, joint linked. From Chicago to New York. Hi, Chicago. Yes. Hey, New York. Hey. What's up? And maybe fitting or unfitting, we're going to be talking about uh, something that aired September 27th, 2018, 9.30, 8.30 Central Time on CBS. Yeah, it was kind of, it was crazy. It was very familiar yet new. Exactly. New episodes of Murphy Brown. Guys, can you believe yes. it? We're here. The revival is real. here. Didn't it seem happened. real. It happened. It happened. <laughs> now, of course, uh, back in August, Jesse and I and some lucky listeners to the podcast got to go to the p- filming of the pilot in Astoria, New York. Jesse, do you remember some of your uh, memories of that? Oh, my gosh, so many. So it was, I'm also really enjoying the fact that I can already hear my Midwestern accent coming back after being in Chicago for not even that long. Um, oh, my gosh. So I remember walking into the set and you and I both saying because we ended up really excitedly we got to be pretty much in front of the townhouse Mm -hmm. and uh it was crazy to me how small it looked yes we really we walked in and we we really felt at least I did that oh Mm -hmm. did they did they make it smaller because of the no. space, but no, because when you look at it on the monitors, or we look, or it's particularly when, when the episode aired on Thursday, it looks the same size. It looks the same. Phil's looked smaller as well. I mean, it's that thing when you see, you think, you know, a celebrity you've idolized is super tall, and then you meet them, and they're just a normal size, and they seem shorter. I think it's that same thing. It's It's been blown up and seemed so expansive mm-hmm. and never-ending to us that to see it as it actually was makes sense, but... The first thing I saw in that townhouse was the picture of Colleen Dewhurst, and I pretty much just burst into tears. It's It got me real good. I also want to say that I, I didn't see this as much when we were watching the filming of it, mm-hmm. but watching the episode on Thursday, I was like, wow, they were super, you know, prescient with that, the casting of Colleen Dewhurst as Avery Brown, because... Candace has aged very similarly to Colleen Dewhurst. Oh, I've always felt like, they look alike. I don't understand well, why people they, think it's bad casting. They they totally no, look like they, they're related. They look alike. They look related. But there's something about the way that she's aged. Her face moves so similarly to Colleen Dewhurst. And not just in, in the features, but there was times when she's talking to, to Avery Jr. that I saw these these Colleen Dewhurst expressions. And it just made me so happy. Also because her little face is like right behind her while this is happening. (laughs) What a lovely compliment. It is from me, that's for sure. What did, what are you, what stood out to you? Um, 
obviously the biggest thing for me was how small everything was. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was something that you know I've I've been to almost all the sitcom tapings, which there haven't been that many, and most of the shows have not gone past a second or a third season. Oh no, Spin City was on for a while, but I was young then. Yeah. Um, since Spin City, since I was I was a young kid, uh, that have filmed in New York because there aren't that many multi cameras, and obviously, as people who listen to the podcast know, that multi camera is something I've been fascinated with since I was twelve years old. And but I really had not well, been back. Hmm? I was going to say, well, also you had the great fortune of being growing up near it. Yes, yes. Um, there was definitely a big gap, you know. I got to see Spin City a lot because no one knew that it was filming in New York because at the time nothing, particularly multi-camera, did not film in New York. So I could get tickets all the time. Whoopi, I was at the pilot of Hope and Faith, uh, mm-hmm. Madigan Men, which Grant was in, Welcome to New York, which was a Christine Baranski sitcom that didn't do very mm-hmm. well. Um, we were, I felt closer to the audience and so it felt a little bit more um like we were really in it which was great Mm -hmm. so this was a very different experience because it was a show that we both love and i had read Uh so much of the behind the scenes but obviously it's different we have digital cameras the cameras are obviously then much smaller even from the last time i went to a multi-camera so for me to see um everybody working like we've talked about seeing Mm -hmm. professionals at work in an uh-huh. environment that is new, but one that I had read so much about, was was so fascinating to me on a completely different level. I was going to say that uh, for me with this, you know, I didn't I didn't have the the fortune to be near anything that filmed growing up, being in the middle of the country. But I, uh, for this show in particular, the especially the writers have become so beloved by us, and we've now had the fortune of getting to know them, uh, several of them, um, to some extent, and. Knowing from the book that we talk about and everything, just the the really cohesive process of this show in particular, and you know, with the people in charge who we have now who are just carrying that on, many of them are the same people. And so I, I actually found myself really distracted between wanting to watch these incredible performers on the set and wanting to watch the writing team yeah. we're watching. That's what I'm trying I, to allude to. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed going back and forth and getting to see multiple takes. We kind of get that opportunity. And it was so wonderful to watch these people who I know love these characters and these stories so much, getting to see them come back. It was it was really emotional. Yeah, the um, so the first scene everyone knows is each character gets their own sort of entrance. Well, except for Miles into Phil's. And the audience went so crazy. They had to start over. Ballistic. Yeah. Ballistic. I <laughs> I remember when, uh, I mean, obviously when Murphy came in, it was like I couldn't yeah. hear. In fact, there were yeah. some lines that I missed in that scene. Absolutely. That I heard. Yeah. I had no idea that Frank was teaching. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, they even on the second run were like, okay, so now we've gotten the cheers yeah, out. Yeah, you guys got to stop. <laughs> but I got to Shush. I remember we couldn't really see Phil's very well because uh, mm-hmm. for so anyone who hasn't been to a taping, pretty much is that you have Video Village, which is where all the writers sit, and they have a screen of all the different, so of, as we talked about on the show, the, the four different cameras, and they can see them. And then that all gets moved as the cameras get moved toward each set. So that was all in our way. So we really couldn't see that much of the set. I could see a little bit when they would come in at the door. So we were watching a lot of it on the monitor. And um, Well, and to, to further clarify... Please. It's that you have one long set of essentially bleachers that the audience is, is on. Oh, good point. And the sets don't move around. So when we walked in, we walked past Phil's, then past Murphy in the morning, and then we're at the townhouse. And 
you don't get to move to see each one. So you see certain parts of the taping or sometimes we're struggling with this, the idea of filming versus taping since it's not on tape anymore. So we will say both apologies if you uh, are nitpicky about that. <laughs> so what we're saying is we are, we are doing our best to adapt to this new digital world as well in our own ways. So please bear with us. We're trying to say the right words, but so as you're, as they're going through the scenes at different points in filming, you will see more or less of what's happening. And so, and what's great about it as an audience member is that you also have uh, your own monitor that's flipping through if you can't directly see what's happening. So that's what we're referring to. Yeah. And so I remember when, when Joe came in and, and everyone went crazy as they did for Candace, um, he kind of <laughs> smiled at a character for a moment because he could not continue. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like he literally just could not continue. And, uh, and we understand from behind the scenes people that, that the entire writers and cast and crew to see their friends get that much applause really meant something to them. And it was a yeah. very loving audience. I mean, it was definitely full of friends and family and uh, us and our fellow and, and pod listeners. So it w- they definitely filled it with a lot of love, which I think is just the best choice. Yeah. Uh, but I will say yes. something that stood out to me was, uh, and maybe it's because I was there. So I knew the type of laugh and audience reaction tracks were happening. But the uh, the laugh tracks kind of threw me. Me too. In this episode. And I, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's because we were used to being there or if there's a different way that they mix the the laughter. They seemed mixed. Like I, I heard some layering within that. It sounded, and it I could tell there were points where it was clearly a very loud response, but it was kind of dialed back a little bit to just kind of swoop in. <laughs> yeah, because guys, I mean, it was insane. It was insane. And and we were insane. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we kind of kind of were. We really tried to hold ourselves back, but we got very excited. <laughs> as, as, as we should, you know. Yes. And, uh, and everyone was so welcoming and lovely to us. And um, just just really, you know, so, so wonderful. And giving us tickets to give to some of the listeners was just so oh, thank you so much. We were so honored um, and- to be able to bring people. We already said it in person, but yeah. but massive love for the people that we got to meet. It was so much fun to actually see some of your faces. Yes. That was so cool to just see these people that we had seen, you know, in little like Instagram or Twitter icons and then see their real person. It was so fun for us to be as part of this little community that got to hang out and tra- chat afterwards. It was great. Um, also, my mom was there. Yeah, that was And great. it was really great. And um, I just, I had such a blast being able to do that. One of the things in the first scene that made me so happy mm-hmm. was, uh, and I said this to you when it happened, but is the way that Tyne Daly steps into her role yes. at Phil's. And she does this thing when she walks around with Murphy, where she's carrying the pot of coffee and the mug and the coaster for the mugs on top of the empty mug. Oh. And she just every time did this natural little watch it again, because it's so cool. She flips the coaster off the mug onto the table and then sets it down. It's such a pro move. It's great. Yeah. And it says so much about this that you that just shows she knows what she's doing. I love it. Yeah. And the show is full of little moments like that. They were just so fun to catch. Yeah, it was great to see all the little things it fills. I mean, obviously, there's old bumper stickers, but uh, the Love Trumps Hate uh, mm-hmm. sticker. It's really great to look at all the sort of little details that I had not been able to notice because I'm either watching it on a screen that's Mm-hmm. farther away from me as opposed to you know on Thursday I 
I actually turned on my TV, guys. You! Haven't turned my TV on in a long time. It's real! Because I cut the cord <laughs> and I stream everything. But I have a, a Chromecaster, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's great. But lately, I just have not been using it. Um, particularly because there's no air conditioning in my living room. But um, Fun! So yeah, I pulled out the Chromecaster and I cast it. So I saw it on the, the television and I watched it on the internet. And, uh, and yeah, you just, there are details that you, you don't notice in the background, which is really great. And some things they, they added later, we, we did not know how long it was between scenes, you know, two weeks later, a month later, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the split screen, which was great, which is yeah. such a cable thing. We didn't have that because they had a lot of that stuff later. And, um, well, and there was one big moment that we didn't have. Yes. Yeah, so. There was there was one scene that we knew we knew yeah. wasn't there. We had heard um, so uh, the Sunday <laughs> after the the filming mm-hmm. uh, was the TCA's the Television Critics Association, and mm-hmm. everyone flew to LA. And Diane said that there was a special guest star, which of course made us think, well, it's probably a secretary. Um, yep. Many people were guessing that it was Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Sounded like that was probably a good guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was redacted from the reviewer copy. To which mm-hmm. many of the reviewers later on went, we all knew it was Hillary Clinton, but we didn't want to see yeah. my life for you guys. Uh, but uh, but it was still fun and surprising because I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. It was just a yeah. guess. It could have been anyone. And also, we've talked about this ourselves. Like There are so many options for what would be great for secretaries mm-hmm. or what this was, an interview for a secretary. Yeah. And... It would have paid off no matter what. Like it, it absolutely would have paid off with different stars, um, but that was just oh, it was so well handled. It the really jokes was. were so sly. The I I just wrote down so I can keep it forever that I'm qualified and I'm ready on day one. <laughs> I was just like oh, oh I, just I, everything. I love the email. Her email so good, and she looked great. I love I love the email and uh, and Diane was interviewed that they you know she didn't cut anything you know she they thought maybe mm-hmm. she might have a problem with certain jokes mm-hmm. she was game for it um, it took a while to get the script to everyone you know her people mm-hmm. get it approved mm-hmm. they they really got it done and and kudos and props to them for keeping the secret yeah it's hard in this day and age that was that's impressive because even with all the guesses and I I figured that's probably what was gonna happen but you never know and they hit it really well and they kept everyone guessing. Yeah, it was it was really well done and really Solid. funny. And I know everyone on Twitter really, really loved it. And but here here's something that I thought of. Mm. Um I now I, I I wondered if they they had everyone leave the scene because then it would be easier to film by itself. Mm-hmm. Um I know that they definitely had a closed set and there was only, you know, certain personnel were there. Um, mm-hmm. trying to keep it secret. But it reminded me when we were talking about Elvis as her secretary, and I mm-hmm. joked that if, you know, he hadn't interacted with anyone, that I would assume it was a dream. Yep. And as as much as I love, love that it was Hillary Clinton, I thought, is this real? <laughs> is, <laughs> I know. Is, is, is Murphy imagining this? And I know I'm reading too much into it. This is No, not I know, a, but I love that. Thought, guys, I know. This is not a thought process that the writers or anyone are coming up with. This is me making myself laugh. I'm just going to support you in this headcanon because I love to support your headcanon, but also because the first thing we see in the show is Murphy waking up in an original nasty woman nightgown out of falling asleep on election night. And it almost made me want to wish that the election was a dream. So like for all we know, this was part of her original nasty woman nightshirt dream. Maybe, you know, 
Um, it's funny, you know, the opening really reminds me sort of of a, a sitcom version of the opening of The Good Fight, if anyone's yes. watched that with Christine Baranski, because, mm-hmm. um, and they had to change the ending of The Good Fight. You know, originally it was yep. about, you know, Hillary winning. Um, mm-hmm. And then when that didn't happen, it became a story of a woman, big liberal like Murphy, who mm-hmm. um, doesn't really know what's happening in the world right now. And uh, everything that she holds dear sort of is pulled out from under her. And it starts with her watching his inauguration and drinking wine and I think crying. I'm not sure. But she's definitely mm-hmm. in a dark room watching it with some wine. And I thought that when we first saw it. Now, interesting enough, this was five minutes extra which was great mm-hmm. that, that CBS gave them that extra five minutes. But they, they definitely shaved off some stuff. They did. Uh, originally, when we saw it, Murphy comes out of the kitchen with popcorn. Hope that they don't mind yep. me saying that. Um, but I think it's something to note because we've talked about that, that the new Murphy Brown is going to be much, much shorter than mm-hmm. what we're used to. And I think that they had some really deft ways very smart ways to to shave things so that we don't cut dialogue. Yeah, it was it was impressive. I have to say, like uh, there was a there was a lot of story in that short amount of time, yeah. and more than and without going to you know a, a Gilmore Girls level speed. Like they they speak rapidly. Yeah. I definitely think so, but it it didn't feel like it was being pushed for time. It just it was it started at sixty and just kept going. Yeah, and as much as I nostalgically miss the blackout with the names mm-hmm. at the end i am more more than happy if they're going to keep this credit way yes. of doing things to keep dialogue yes like uh one of no, oh, no i was going to say and another thing that i remembered was when you know we, we cut into the, the first broadcast and miles is right about you tweeted about trump whereas originally mm-hmm. it comes with murphy coming in and being like hey we're going to start and we when we and barnett it reminded me a lot of when we and barnett on who was like you know well, we cut to the table or we cut to this because yep. you don't want to lose precious dialogue yep so it's it's built in there nicely and they they give up they clearly are giving opportunities for for shaving down that doesn't sacrifice plot Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about seeing that in this new sitcom world where we just get less time. Yeah. Uh, so something that stood out to me, and I talked to you about this, was one of the things we've talked a lot about is diverse representation mm-hmm. being seen. And there's a couple, of, you know, there weren't too many opportunities for diversity in this particular script. Um, I praise be for Nick Dodani. He's great. And I'm so excited to see where he's going. And I love that he says putting the brown and Murphy Brown. It's the best. I love him. Everyone, please go watch all of his stand up and everything as well. Yeah, he was on uh, Colbert. As was Candace. Uh, yes, definitely check out Candace's interview. But he did his stand up on Colbert on the Friday after. So if you guys want to check that out, you definitely should check out his stand up. But I, I mean, kudos to them for giving, you know, one basically the first non-regular line to a woman of color. Yes. Uh, the woman in Phil's. That was great. Um, I look forward to seeing more uh, more representation. But one of the things that was really subtle that I appreciated in this production that we saw as we were sitting there, and I'm not sure how much everyone picked up in, the, in what went to film, but the office is full of women. And the, I think there was a point where there were, I only saw three men in that office aside from leads. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman with a scarf, with a headscarf. There were women of, women of different types of color. It, it was a very exciting office to see that that was the background they were creating. And even the men themselves, I believe the, I only saw one or two white men. I saw an 
Asian man. I saw an, an African American man. Like I saw a clear effort to even in the non-speaking denizens of this production showing diversity. So I am I am hopeful, mm. and I, I really look forward to seeing what else um, they're bringing in. And we're gonna have a new cast member. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna talk about him yet. If people are you know don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, um, we want to avoid spoilers. Yeah, because this is different than a show that's been out for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like reading Deadline to find out who the guest stars are, but there is a <laughs> series regular who um, will fit the bill of what we're talking about and we'll meet I'm him in a couple of episodes. I'm super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's because it's hard, you know. You don't have a lot of open spots. I, this is more se- yeah. series regulars than we're used to, for sure. Because if you think yes. about it, Avery fills Eldon's spot. Mm-hmm. Phyllis fills Phil. And yep. and Pat is the gym spot, and I don't mean he's Jim. I just yeah. mean that he's in that no. world, and he's know, part of the gang. Yeah, and so it's a lot of series regulars, but it, it's it's really great. And he is okay. I, I don't give it away. I was going to say something about yes. his dynamic. I'm not going to give away. But but we won't go there. But we'll say that yeah. it is. Um, it, they are clearly conscious step steps forward, mm-hmm. and I appreciate seeing a conscious step forward. Yeah. So speaking of of um, new people. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to talk about uh, Jake. Can we talk about their chemistry it's and how amazing fantastic. it is? Fantastic. And and <laughs> it still cracks me up in how meta it is that his the actor's name is Jake. And yep. on the show, his father's name is Jake. Father's name is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from the get-go, they are fantastic together. They're so good. I go away wanting more of them. I love their dynamic. I love the way they smile at each other. The way that she smacks him with the chopsticks, the way they, you know, playfully punch each other. And the fact that she does the, like, knuckle sandwich punch of him. Like, it's just, it's wonderful. They they love each other, but they also have a believable uh, parent relationship. I mean, he made fun of her when she's tweeting. Um, Mm -hmm. He has a very sort of loving slash sort of, you know, dry, sarcastic, in a way, you know, point of view. It feels definitely that Eldon was a very strong influence on him as well as his yeah. mother. And uh, I believe that this is Murphy and Jake's kid. I do. It, he it, the, Visually, the casting is great, and their chemistry is wonderful, and I just can't wait to see more of it. I will say, I... So, Jake McDormand is the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Um, he, is, he is not 28. No, he's not. <laughs> um, it's, I, I will say, this is such a tiny thing, but for me, when, they, when she said 28 years, I was just like, oh! <laughs> like I just oh. had a slight moment where I was like, oh, I almost wish I had that it, they hadn't said that. But I know it's an establishing timeline. And, and also, I mean, we've seen we've seen 28 year olds playing teenagers on TV before. So like, it's fine. But I did have a moment of being like, oh, man, I really know what age that looks like now, as opposed to when I was younger and watching Murphy Brown. Maybe it's been a long time for me. I believe it. But I also think that they had to say that because so many people still don't don't realize that he was aged up in the last season. And so. Mm-hmm. Because of the Dan Quayle thing, everyone's like, he's mm-hmm. not 28 because exactly Jake doesn't look 25. But I, I believe yeah. he's 28. I think that, that I was like, oh, you have to mention that to remind people. They still, people were still confused on Twitter. I was like, he was aged up. Haley Joe Osman, just check it out. Yep. Oh, no. I, yeah. oh, I again, know you this know. is yeah. such a nitpicky thing. No, no. I totally understand. Yeah. And I'm sure he's believable to a lot of people. I was just like, you're in your 30s. But again, it doesn't, it does not matter. I just enjoyed the fact that I was like, uh? no, it's. The casting is too too delicious. He's so good. And I do love that he is sort of kind of her Eldon now. Yeah. Their conversation about Eldon. Yeah. There was not a dry eye. It was so well done. And the little um 
toast to the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. The running with the bulls. The fact that Eldon, the moment for Eldon was that perfect dramedy moment of, uh Can I share what you said to me during the scene breaks? Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like kind of a little emotional. It's like, oh, it's so good, you know. And then as they're, they're setting up for the, to do it again, Jesse leans into me and goes, I just can't stop thinking. Eldon was gored. And then, <laughs> in that same sort of tone that I'm doing. And then we both just start laughing. <laughs> so hard. Like inappropriately laughing. At, because it's so funny. Like and Elton then, was gored. And I, I just like kind of lost it. We were just emotional Emotionally hysterics giggling. at this point. Yeah. How like bad it was. I love the little touches like the oh. FYI mugs. Yes. I love the yellow FYI mugs. Well, and even uh, in Miles's apartment. Uh, yeah, he had the that original season one photo on the wall and the FYI blocks or letters on his bookcase. And then the it's Edward R. Murrow, right, on the wall. And I yeah. really like that because in I mean it's a postage stamp, but yep. when we see Miles' apartment in the Gold Rush, he has mm-hmm. uh it's sort of like a I think a painting or something of mm-hmm. um oh, it's Murrow and someone else and I can't remember who it was, but it, he definitely had a picture of him, maybe not the same picture, in his apartment um, when he was on FYI. Uh, now, that's a small little thing, too. So something that I actually do really love is the TCAs. Um, that Diane said that she will not be referencing anything that happened when she wasn't there, particularly mm-hmm. that Miles and Corky were married, which I'm fine with. Well, that's actually the thing that I was about to talk to you about. Oh, go which, ahead. Which we then. started yes. kind of talking about. No, it's just that question of uh, I. I've seen people posting about that since the episode. Yeah, aired. they have been. Listen, they were friends first. Yep. They have been friends longer than they were married. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> I think it's believable that it will not be mentioned. I one hundred percent believe that. I believe it. That's just maturity and yeah. working together for so long. Remember that time when we were married for like a year. Yeah, well, and also they didn't, that didn't end in like a giant phoenix fire. Like there wasn't this big traumatic event that that ruined everything and their friendship forever. Like it, I thought it was very well handled and I 100% believe that they are past that now. Yeah, and I, I like the idea that Miles then eventually came back to FYI. Like that mm-hmm. shows a lot of growth. Yep. He, he ran the news and then he came back to FYI and then left again because he needed a break uh-huh. and then went to a facility. Also in that scene, one of my favorite things, I think probably, and I didn't remember this line from the live filming, but watching it on Thursday. Yeah, which one? I lost my mind over Miles saying, my rods, my cones. Oh yeah, I didn't hear that either. <laughs> so everyone, so that scene was pre-recorded. So good. So the swing set is behind. So the, a swing set, if I haven't mentioned before, is, is the set that can swing back and forth. It's a buy set. Mm-hmm. Is that, a bad, <laughs> is that a bad joke? I'm sorry. I, is that inappropriate? <laughs> I love it. Love it. Thank you. Um, and so it's in the back. So we can't see it. So they tend to pre-record that. And uh, so there was no pausing for laughs necessarily. So we were probably laughing over that line and missed what he said. I, I think I might have missed um, Nixon in the in the later years as well, which was, yeah, which was definitely. great. That whole scene is fantastic. And what I really love about that scene too is, so we're sort of establishing that a lot of these characters all have sort of their own point of view within a certain range, right? 
Mm-hmm. You have Miles, who's the one who's like, everything's freaking him out. Although I feel like mm-hmm. he had his moment. And then when we do see him on the set, he's a much more he's mature back. Miles. You know, With we'll, his slippers. We'll t- slippers. We'll talk more about this in future episodes. And, and I like that growth, you know, but I think it was really a great idea to start off with the miles that we know by putting mm-hmm. him in a hyper situation. Um, yeah. And so that I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of this miles because he's older and more mature, but it was great to see yeah. it. And Grant is so good at this stuff. Matt Lauer. My- <laughs> Matt Lauer. Well, there was something that we talked about a little bit was the fact that wondering how to age miles and so far, I mean, this is just one episode in, so I'm only going to comment on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy seeing what, how Miles' neuroses have aged. Because mm-hmm. I, you can't play the same Miles, like, beat for beat in response. Because we even saw him mature over the 10 seasons. So seeing what Grant is doing now and how he's aged Miles, because he has the largest jump, is really, really great. I really yeah. enjoy the choices that are already coming out. I do too. I love, let's go do a show. Like, <laughs> all right. like so, that was, I loved it because that's not the choice that I would have done. Mm-hmm. A 20 year old, you know, Miles, but even just like in general, he's just like, eh, okay, I guess we're gonna do this. It just, it was, and I think that was like the third take mm-hmm. or something, but I just, yeah. I was like, that's a really interesting choice. But that's what's great about Grant. He's always coming up with things that, mm-hmm. not the usual safe choice. Oh, one thing I do want to add, though, that what Jesse was talking about, Grant has actually expressed himself as well, that he does Mm -hmm. think that there needs to be a a change between that personality in his 20s to early 30s to being in his 50s. And um, Mm -hmm. we'll talk more about that in future episodes. Yes. Uh, But one of the things that really got us from being at the filming perspective was when we talk about those uh, those first 10 seasons, having Diane come out and say, and kind of- Oh God, I forgot about this, you know, yeah. Launch and saying, this is not a reboot season one, this is season 11. And she got emotional. And that was, yeah, it was super meaningful to the, yeah. you could see to the entire room to be able to share that with the creators. It was awesome. It made, it made me very emotional. When she started to cry, I started to get emotional as well. It was, yeah. is. What's sort of lovely to see, which is something that Jesse and I have, and hopefully you guys have gotten this through the podcast and through the interviews, is that these people love what they're doing. Yes, deeply. They love what they're doing. They love being with these people, which, you know, we've talked about, you know, although we said this to Russ and he's like, I've been in rooms where everyone hates each other, but it comes out into the show and it does. It's emotional for us because of what it means to our childhood. And it's emotional for her because these are her friends and her colleagues. And it is a big portion of her life. And um, coming back to this, this full circle moment has to be so overwhelming. It's it's really just a wonderful bonus to see how moving it is for them as it is for us. Well, and I, you can never predict that something you create will have this kind of effect oh, yeah. and this kind of longevity. And like, this is just the stuff you hope for. And I I was telling somebody about this recently because they're like, what's it like to, you know, to have been at a, a filming like this or to see this coming back? And I said, the most rewarding thing that I have experienced so far on this podcast is the fact that this show that meant so much to me, to us, meant even more to the people making it. Mm-hmm. That idea of the thing that meant so much to me wasn't just a meal ticket to somebody else. It was a labor of love. And I, you hear about people who are, you know, con- acclaimed writers now who got their freelance gig waiting to get a freelance gig at Murphy Brown because everyone wanted to be a part of that room 
and you just you see the love. I mean, you see it in the credits when you see how many of these uh, these writers that we know as writers from seasons, you know, one through ten are now co-executive producers. Oh, isn't that great? It's so cool to see like our buddies' names scrolling through. It was just so. It's so great. It's it's so love that people came back. That's that does not happen. There's a, a CBS uh, video of when everyone sees the set for the first time, oh. and Faith and Candace are crying, and yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty. It's a pretty you know dead on set. I have to say, and 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 I do love that they added some modern touches. Um, I love that the couch is really not the same couch, but kind of the same couch. Yeah, you can see she went and looked for a similar one when she had to replace it. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you like the couch, right? Yeah. Um, but added touches, the chairs are different. There's a different throw. It's not green, so it's not confusing mm-hmm. me. I see it's a throw. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's now not it's, green. Now I can see it. <laughs> um, but the Warhol is still there. The bust is still there. There's a picture. The lamps. Of, the lamps. The lamps. The lamps are there. The lamps really got me because I was like, yeah. those are the exact same lamps. That Tiffany's lamp. Um, And the fireplace is pretty dead on, too. The stuff on top of the fireplace is pretty set. Um, uh, I like like how it looks new, but familiar. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that you can see touches of of Avery in the home. Yes. You can see in, like, the little hallway going to the kitchen, there was, like, something that was clearly, like, his handprint. Mm -hmm. All the lacrosse stuff. Kid art. Yeah. It's really... It looks lived in, but lived in and not the Murphy that we meet in season one, but the Murphy who has grown since then. Yeah. And um, I just uh, really love their relationship. It's really, oh, it's beautiful. really well done, guys. Really well done on that part. Um, and I, I said this to Steve after the first filming, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure the world hears this as well. Uh, that the thing that nothing is perfect. And I'm sure we could sit here and pick apart and nitpick, but that's not what we plan to do with the revival. Uh, we plan to enjoy, and um, that's why we're not doing a recap right now. But plus, you guys can watch it. We don't have to do a recap. Yeah, you can watch because it because you can go online and stream <laughs> that baby into your home, into your computer, on your phone. Yes, and then just engage with us about the new one while we go back through the old one. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that really stuck with me after this episode was the way that they handled. Murphy's show versus Avery's show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the great conflict. And the thing that that I told Steve was that, you know, Murphy's show is the one that I really want to see right now. It's the one that I was like hoping for when, you know, we thought about Murphy going up against the world as it is today. It's very satisfying in this episode. But Avery's show is the one that I think we need right now. Mm. And I think it is so powerful. And the idea that... I think both can exist. But the fact that she's not just going up against an evil, you know, wolf show that is, you know, the polar opposite of hers. It's one that really is about bringing people together and healing wounds within our our culture. And I I just think that's incredibly beautiful because that's a much more difficult conflict to face because it's not a show that Murphy is going to dismiss. Mm-hmm. It's a show that is valid. It's not just her son. It's also a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, you know, even though we find out that the ratings didn't go very well, you and I both noticed on this filming that he was trending. Yeah. So um, we didn't notice it watching it on this live, but watching it on TV, if you look at the Twitter feed behind Corky's head, um, but yeah, that gets me back to why I really like the different sort of aspects because 
you, Murphy, you knew was going to be a person who's going to be very set in her ways and, and maybe a little black and white about things. And then you have her son who's butting up against her and being like, hey, your, pr- your privilege is showing uh-huh. to see this. And I think that that's very important. Um, even if he wasn't on the Wolf Network, he would be that person. Yep, he would. And then, and then you have Frank, who really just hates Nazis. We've all been that person. Oh, and I, I just want to point out, because I saw a couple things on this, and luckily, you know, the, the internet is prepared to correct people. Yes. So I know that this has happened, but I just want to make sure everyone realizes that when Frank says they stole it from the Indians, he literally means Indians, the, that he's not saying Native Americans incorrectly. Uh, they actually, that is accurate, that that symbol has been around for thousands and thousands of years, and it began with Hindus and Buddhists. Um, but I saw some people be like, did they seriously just say Indians? And no, no, he he actually literally meant Indians. You know, and I miss I miss <laughs> that line because we were laughing so much at Miles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I do think I think that's true. I think that the other moment within that when you said that he says you know ch- check your privilege was the fact that she also listened to that. Yeah, and I think that is such great representation of how to have a dialogue because that's Murphy. Mm-hmm. She does listen. We see the other Murphy as well, who just blows up on TV. <laughs> but yeah, hashtag Dan Quayle. Oh, that landed so well. I had fr- multiple friends text me. <laughs> bring it. Where's the gif? Where's my bring it gift? Hashtag Dan Quayle. I need my gift, please. Where is it? Yeah. Also funny was um, when we were watching it, um, Jesse was like, ooh, a red shirt. And I was like, I think it's burgundy. And you were like, semantics. <laughs> and, and then when I watched it on my my TV, it was red. And I was like, Jesse's right. And then I watched it on my computer and it looked burgundy. <laughs> you know, color correction can only go so far. I know, right. <laughs> um, but, I, uh, but Pat Fields with the costumes and the, and the, the pops of <gasps> color. And it. you can't really see, but Corky's wearing a lot of um, uh, ankle boots, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, the outfits are killer yeah. and they are so Patricia Fields. It it's so they're so cool. Yeah, but particularly the the Murphy in the Morning outfit I really loved. Yeah. Oh, her pantsuits are amazing yeah. already. Um also the fact that you said burgundy. So anybody who laughed at the went on a date with Donald Trump joke and has not watched any interviews with Candace, let's oh, go no. watch those interviews because she talks about a real life date that she went on. And Burgundy is a key in that story. But I will not ruin that for you. Please go find it. She talked about it on Colbert and watch what happens live. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So that's based on a true true story, as is the Mm -hmm. pillow. Mm -hmm. If anyone doesn't know, um, the pillow. Tired ass honky ho. Exactly. Is uh, Candace's bio on Instagram. It's the best. And it's a tradition to have a little, you know, needlepoint. Is it needlepoint? I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, cross-stitching. Cross-stitching. Because the little FYI pillow... But of course, we know that Barnett has that pillow, so mm-hmm. it's not there. Although the the framed picture of Avery had been sitting in Diane English's office, and I understand from uh, Instagram that she actually, well, they were you know in pre production. She mailed it to the set, so mm-hmm. that is direct from her office, and that's from the original set. So yeah. Hmm? Oh, and one one final great plug that. I enjoyed for those of you who are maybe not Twitter users. I mean, I have one and I I don't use it nearly as much as I probably should. Uh, or the should is subjective. But uh, for anyone who's not aware, uh, Diane English's handle is Real Murphy Brown. Oh, yes. Please, let's talk about that. I gasped. Yeah. 
I did too. We grabbed each other. Yeah, because <laughs> we were obviously the only ones in the audience that knew that that was actually Diane's handle, which is such a great way for Diane to get more followers, really. So that was smart on her part. But <laughs> it was thrown away so nicely. Yeah, and and guys, you know, I was the, like, sure, the Aretha Forever was always in the show, and so that's oh. sort of a nice, beautiful little little tribute there that that was there. Um, well, and that's a that's a beloved album as well in the first season that just is so so full circle yeah. it's silly he knows his mama really well too yeah yeah and her smile about it yeah it's really great um so of course i have to talk about my beloved corky sherwood faith ford's performance as corky was one of my favorite things to watch live so Faith Ford's physicality is so spot on. It's you see in the way she limps into fills, you see it all over the place. But her hot flash during the live broadcast was genius. Every time she did something slightly different, she built it, she restrained it. It reminded me of in the in the special features of the Fellowship of the Ring. Lord of the Rings. Yes, I'm going there. Uh, Ian McKellen talks about being fascinated by Ian Holmes' style of acting and how he would provide what he called a kaleidoscope of Bilbo Baggins so that the director would have all these options to pick and choose and create the story he wanted to. And I saw that in the way that Faith was working. It was always the same quirky, but it was slightly different flavors and energy levels so that they could really craft the performance they needed to tell the story at hand. And I just so enjoyed watching the way she acts from like the top of her head down to the point of her heels. It was, it was just great to watch. It was a great lesson as a fellow actor to really see how much you can bring to the table. And, and I just, I just want really quickly to talk about the director, Pam Fryman, um, she, oh. female director, which is great. First couple episodes. Mm-hmm. But also, Pam was a major architect of How I Met Your Mother. She directed most of the episodes. And, you know, Jesse and I were talking about that. You know, that show was such a, a, a show that used such great use of music. And so Pam really yes. seemed perfect for this. But Pam is just a a maestro sitcom director. And I was so excited when they, I found out that she was going to be directing it. It was really great to watch her work as well. Dude, she was a boss. She was so, like, just her energy. Like, you knew immediately who the director was. Mm-hmm. When, when they were all on set and she had such a grace and poise to her to her movements and the way she was just speaking to people i never saw a moment where i i'm sure probably something went wrong that we didn't know about we never knew about it we never saw like she just mm-hmm. she moved with such ease and clarity and and groundedness mm-hmm. it was awesome to watch it was so awesome to watch her just navigate that huge set with all the cameras so since we're doing this a little bit unconventionally um we should say the title which is fake news, and it is written by Diane English, mm-hmm. which I love because of the several meanings. Of course, we have the now traditional version of fake news in this modern political climate, but also yes. this is a sitcom and it's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of really <laughs> appreciate that that double meaning. I feel like there's a third meaning in there. I'm just too tired to think of right now. We'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out later. Bring it back up. So that so that's great. You know how much I love my titles. And there's something so weird also for the build up to this, you know, and obviously doing the podcast, a lot of childhood memories is is remembering, oh, look, there there's a trailer that I can watch anytime. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I would wait for 60 minutes or 
I'd watch the soaps in the summer. I mean, I watched soaps yep. as a kid and like be ready to hit record so I could get the promos. <laughs> you guys are so spoiled, you young people. You're so spoiled. You can get everything. You can yeah. get the episode the next day. You I know the, the title. I don't have to write a, write a letter to CBS to get the damn title. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously this is a long time ago, but sort of, you know, looking back irreverently at my childhood lately with this show, it's like... Like, so I, I, I read someone online said that they were recording it on a VHS because you have to record Murphy Brown on a VHS. Oh, bless them. <laughs> I know. I like, oh, who still has a VCR? I mean, there are a lot of um, combos. Combos still are great. That's true. It could be a combo. I, I appreciate. So tell us what you thought of the revival, please. This Obviously, please we do. don't have time to cover everything. This is sort of just mm-hmm. our, our peppering. Oh, I took your yes, our, our peppering, yes. our excitement. We would love to connect with you on on all of our social media. Um, as you know, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as at Murphy Brown Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the email, which is Murphy Brown Pod at Gmail. We would love to hear your thoughts and hear your breakdowns and hear what stood out to you, what didn't, what surprised you, because goodness knows there were a lot for us. Mm-hmm. Anything that you noticed, maybe that we didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Oh, one final thing. Uh, d- when we were watching it, I was so sure I knew the episode that um, that Eldon paints the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. and I thought it was Brother Silverberg, and I said it to you. And then right before the show, I was like, "Oh, I should look it up and see which one it is." It's actually the pilot. Yeah, yeah although it, it although was it's the, the very first one, although it's the kitchen. But the thing is, I always figured that Eldon was there so long that he always repainted. And did new yeah. murals over old murals. So that's what I uh, assumed. Yeah. So so maybe that was the last. It was the first mural that he painted, and it was the last mural that he painted before he went. Where are you going, Eldon? I'm gonna go to Spain and run, run with, with the, the bulls. bulls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna not laugh at it, and it's really no, sad. <laughs> and, uh, but I also appreciate um, that it kept with the fact that Eldon had gone to Spain originally when he left the show. So he probably had friends yeah. there, roots, or went back to paint. Yes. You know, we don't, I mean, at some point when when Avery went to college, you'd think that Eldon would, would be like, you know, I, I'm going to go travel on my own, you know? Yeah. Oh, Eldon, he is with us. Always. So so that's our that's our little... Uh, pop in about the revival we just really wanted to chat with you guys now that that first episode is out we'll be back to our regularly scheduled um, recaps of season two with Mm -hmm. our with our next and like we said watch out on certain thursdays and you know we're we'll be talking the revival in different aspects maybe some interviews Mm -hmm. and you know covering it in a different way then we cover yes. the actual episodes, but still having good conversations with you about the fact that Murphy is back. Yeah, and checking in and letting you know what we think. Yeah. So tune in, enjoy the episode tonight. And we'll see you for another edition of FYI. The Murphy Brown Podcast. Mm-hmm.